Welcome to Food for Thought, a podcast gap that's we're in a multiracial mix of queer writers gathered around the table to talk about sex, identity, culture, what we like to read, and who we like to read. Food for Thought, salt, fat, acid, skeet. No! Oh my God. No! Skeet has so many different mm. flavors in the profile. Why? I'm Tommy Teebs Pico. I'm an indigenous American poet, screenwriter, and I might not be the OG deep throat, but I'm the one that matters. <laughs> I'm Fran Dorado. I'm a writer, editor, and Samin Nosra. We didn't mean it. <laughs> no, we meant it. We meant it. Your buttermilk chicken recipe is so life changing. It's so good. Please. We, she we retweeted stand. me one time. Wow. I, I, I tweeted that um, uh, uh, your house ketchup is disgusting. We've all been thinking it. And she replied and was like, absolutely. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. She's up at Mike's life. I am Joseph Osmondson, scientist, nonfiction writer. And frankly, I think that being happy on a melting planet is a crime against humanity. Mm. Well, that's why your Twitter feed is the way it is. Skeet! (laughs) I never lied. I am Dennis Norris II, and I'm a reader, a writer, a former figure skater, and I'm a hot ass mess. Emphasis on hot ass. (laughs) (laughs) producer Alex was the only one who laughed it doesn't mean it's not she is also high as fuck right now there is some doesn't mean it's not some chocolate flavored vape that is just wafting out through this room so so I'm sure we all have some contact high swimming in a room full of someone else's lung juice (laughs) we fully we fully have contact high um alright uh Joe will you tell us what we got on the menu this evening I cannot wait. Y'all, this week, we find out which donkey is on top. (laughs) It's true. Uh, Shockingly, Tommy can't make up her mind about something. (laughs) Once again, we very trash people give you advice. And we end with a little Netflix and chill. Yeah. So take it away. Buck, 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 becock. (laughs) I uh feeling a little bit peckish. I think we should start the top of the show the way any good top should with a little tease. Our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Boosh. And to amuse our Boosh, somebody got a game. I forget who. It's me. <laughs> it's Fran. <Fred. laughs> Today's game is a little a little a little shindig we like to call Top Secret. Mm. Wherein Ooh. I will list, you know, a few couples, a few uh a dynamic duos, if you will, and we as a group will decide who is the top now we at food for thought you know we believe that you know sexual position preferences are a spectrum you don't have to choose whether top or bottom or verse you don't even have to subscribe to a label and honestly these like labels are in themselves like problematic they're reductive we need to think about our our lives complexly however it's also very funny (laughs) (laughs) to just cancel us help Mm -hmm. someone Mm -hmm. with their bottom Mm -hmm. so here we go (laughs) who is the top Janelle Monet or Lupita Nyong'o? Oh, I don't care. There is a rumor. If you are not aware, there's a rumor going around that is like completely unfounded. But who cares that they're in a lesbian affair? I think I honestly, I think that they're both militantly verse. Ooh, yeah, I, I do. Because I see them oh. taking on a lot of different personas and personalities yep. and yep. stuff, and mm-hmm. I can see how they can get a lot of effe- uh, yep. a lot of entertainment and affection and 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 mm. and satisfaction from playing multiple different roles. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They're I, also both good at everything. That's true. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think Lupita's the top. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> It always ends with Lupita on top. Are Killing Eve fans out there? Eve Palastri or Villanelle? Alex is like, this is lesbian canon, <laughs> if you didn't know. Alex is having a hard time deciding right now. I think Alex should be the one who decides. I, I want you get on mic for this. I'm Alex, yes, come. Ahead. Alex, who do you think is the top? Who is the bottom? Get on in here. I have to say that I think Villanelle is the top just because she has much more experience. That's and true. so for right now, beginning things, she's going to be the top. But then I definitely go back to the fact that they're both going to be militantly verse. Yeah. Oh. Much like Lupita and Janelle. You know what I mean? Mm. Like they're, I mean, they're both so nasty. Yeah. Like, yeah. Tell, like, it's just like they're forefront. about to get into some shit they're that gross. is definitely not going to be boxed in. Nasty so, people are worse. Yes. 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 <laughs> 
Brilliant analysis. I co-signed completely. I wonder how this submission will age. Um, James Charles and Tati Westbrook. Ah! My yeah. issue with that person, I don't remember their name. Um, <laughs> we said it like a second ago, was when they were like uh, at the Met Ball and they were like, this is uh, uh, influ- what was it, like, uh, influencer representation. Oh, oh my God. God. I loved it. That was, that was, that was amazing. Wow. That I'm never getting, my favorite, the phrase never getting an erection again. I love James Charles because he like just learned like gay slang ballroom terms. And now he's like, <laughs> oh no. He's yeah. Like, it's yeah. me, James Charles. Boots the house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Heron, friend of the podcast, does an amazing impression of James <laughs> that I'm butchering. Uh, I need to hear that. But anyways, Garfield and John. <laughs> oh, Tommy. Garfield, Garfield expert. is a power fucking bottom. Yes. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Do the voice, Tommy. Do the voice. Oh, suck it. I'm sticking in, John. I don't know. What, to, wow. what does Garfield say? Garfield kind of sounds like James Charles. <laughs> James Charles' sexual patronus is Garfield. Mondays, am I right? Get, put all that lasagna in my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> lasagna is not pussy safe. Wow. For some of us, it's Do fine. Do not use it as lube. No, um, no. I meant going in the butt, not the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. Do y'all watch Game of Thrones? Who watches Game of Thrones? I do. Is it just Tommy? I yeah. I watched it yeah. well in yeah. one whole week I watched the entire seven seasons so I could watch the finale in real time with everybody else. Okay, so who's the top? Daenerys or Jon Snow? Oh my god, Daenerys owns that ass. Always <laughs> pegged the hell out of him. <laughs> just like finger fucked. I'm a little <laughs> uncomfortable with how close that name um, is to Dennis. Just you know, for the fans, Arya Stark or Gendry. Arya Stark. Oh, for sure, oh, yeah. right? She, what's, she took that pointy thing right in that boy's ass. Ah, uh, this show is filled with pegging tops, we stand. <laughs> um, we're going to do an, a nice, very fun, probably extremely enjoyable 2020 election edition. So happy. Of oh, Top yes. Secret. Yes. Are y'all ready? Because so we're about to get in it. Mm-hmm. Pete Buttigieg. 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 <laughs> and, Ch- and Chasten. Also known as chastity. They don't. Booty, they don't fuck. They, they don't. They don't fuck. fuck. They sleep. Yes. Much like Lucy and Ricardo, they sleep in separate, separate beds, beds. <laughs> in the same room. Let's be honest. Oh. In very elaborate silk robes. Yes. <laughs> and here's yes. the thing. Also, a lot, a, a large percent, a percent that escapes me at this time because I'm a few bottles of wine in, but like. Something between fifteen to thirty percent of gay couples do not enjoy penetrative yeah, sex. This is this is true. This is not that. No, 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 no. Have no lexicon for like what it means to penetrate. Each other. <laughs> I, I fully no. believe though that once a year. <laughs> on Chaston's birthday. On Chaston's birthday. On Chaston's birthday, birthday. Feet gives, Pete gives a little a little finger. <laughs> a, little a little finger. finger. <laughs> Just a couple seconds also of a, a little. character in Game yeah. of Thrones. Yeah. <laughs> Feet buttigig. <laughs> Feet buttigig. The, the house Feet. of buttigig. His new name, Feet buttigig. <laughs> buttigig. Okay. Uh, the butt gag is. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the top? Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren? Oh, oh no. God. Oh. oh, no. I just, oh, oh, no. <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> My brain shut down. So. Kamala. We need an answer. The people need answers. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has a plan for that ass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. She's she has some policy. Yeah. She's going to write a, a, a thing piece about it uh, for the cut. Did you did or, you see the tweet where someone was like, "Wow, my love life is such a mess. I wonder if Elizabeth Warren yeah, has yeah, a plan for it." And then she responded back, "Be like, DM, back, me, like, DM me. Let's go, let's fix this. Yeah, let's get a plan. Like, yeah, but, yeah, I agree. She's got the big top energy. <laughs> amazing of the two. Okay, so that's your answer. Yeah, because she's the one who's going to tell you how it is. She's the mm-hmm. architect, so she has the plan to be. So you're saying she's the top? Although I could see her as the bossy bottom of the two. Oh, and Kamala's a sort of like quietly authoritative top. She is very authoritative. I yeah, actually agree with is. Dennis on one. this one. So there are two times. She's like, <laughs> I don't think this joke is going to land. Uh-oh. Imprison me, bitch. No! <laughs> no! 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 Incarcerate that pussy. No, 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 no. Incarcerate that pussy! 
Nope. Joseph Osmond If this you... recording is any indication, I am not the only member of Food for Thought getting canceled. Finally. <laughs> Finally. I'm mocking Finally. Kamala Harris for you... her relationship to the prison industrial complex. This is commentary. I am texting our social media manager, Christina, right now <laughs> to make sure that this episode is tweeted with incarcerate that pussy at Joe Osmondson just said. Whoa. This is commentary. Honestly, I would probably also line up we know no. who I okay am. <laughs> okay rounding out rounding out rounding out joe biden and beto o'rourke <laughs> terrible oh. bottoms you, you shove it's like you throw a double-ended dildo in the air and they're both their asses just just, just suck it up it's just yeah magnetized. yeah mm-hmm. i i agree but i think they both expect to top and will fight each other to top and will both end up on their backs heels to Jesus oh. like looking looking with their hands in, for that double yeah, who has a plan know, who has a plan yeah, no in their in their grinder profile it says verse top yes <laughs> and someone's Lies. like when you have them and they're like yeah. Yes. 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 yes 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 eyes darting around <laughs> Well, <laughs> this has been refreshing. <laughs> now you all, when all y'all out there, you know, tweeting at us being like, we need to see election coverage. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. There, there it is. For the coverage is. you've been you waiting for. Our endorsements. The important the There important you things. go. We're so relevant. Yeah, fake news. We're so relevant. <laughs> Look at us. So relevant. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> I love watching Fran's brain melt Alright In real time Well I mop the spit off of my mouth For our second course Tommy Teague's Pico <laughs> Oh my god Has got a delicious Impure Thought story for us If you are not aware An Impure Thought is where um, One of us Or a guest hoe of honor Or you honestly Tell a death defying And or very cinematic Funny hysterical Or torturous and traumatizing usually sexy hookup story of some kind mm-hmm. so take it mm. away tommy i this story actually isn't that impure but there are some uh high wire acts of thoughtery and it, this, since it's like the sort of the advice episode this is probably not advice i would give somebody but mm. it's something that i would do again and again and again and again mm. and again and again and again oh okay this is like a don't do this yeah. is like advise you to not do this well okay so i'm gonna tell you the story about my one true love Oh. OTL. Oh. So I'm not going to say what city this was in, but I was on my first book tour, and this was a person mm. who was standing in the vent, like in the, the the threshold of the venue, with his hip cocked and these like high waisted acid wash jeans and a tucked in black Wayne's World T-shirt, and was no joke like one of the most attractive men I've ever seen in real life. And I had mm. a whole like Ooh, dream weaver situation, and I was like, you will be mine. How tall was he? Oh yeah, six two. Oh, okay. I mean, you know, we are the same height. I would say okay, so, but. But that wasn't the attraction. It was the energy. Wow. You know, and he just he had, had tall energy. He had, he had that tall boy energy. Yeah, yes. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I'm like kind of swag and was like very stylish and just like so attractive. And uh, so immediately clocked him. I did my reading and performance or whatever. Um, and he came up to tell me I did a really good job. And I swear to God. He had a semi and there was pre-cum. <gasps> yeah, there was wait, a little... Mm, wait. There was, there was a, a little, spot? There was a little spot. What were the materials of his pants where you could see <laughs> the pre-cum? Because it wasn't jeans or... or or slack. You can see spots on a jean or slack. You can. No, you can. You yes, have to you be, can. You have to fully... Fully Some cum. men are very heavy pre-cummers. He had the heavy flow. I don't know. I'm not yeah. saying that's what it was. Maybe sweat from his brow fell perfectly onto In the line tip with of the his tip of dick. it. Yeah, or no. a little bit of tinkle that wasn't <laughs> whacked enough. Honestly, that might be more likely but afterwards we all went to um me and, and him and a few of our friends went out to uh, some of our mutuals we went out to a bar we were going to go to karaoke later and he couldn't go to karaoke because he had to go break up with a friend oh. so there was like a friend oh. that there had been like some hookup situation had been mad casual oh. and it was getting to the point where the friend was 
perhaps starting to develop feelings. So my OTL, my one true love, was going to go, you know, put the kibosh on that. But throughout this entire was, conversation, failed to gender the person who he, he was breaking was up question. with. So it was like a Seinfeld episode where I was just mm. like, I would ask him questions to hopefully clarify. And he kept saying the friend or they. And I was like, I just want to know, do you put dicks in your mouth? Like, <laughs> and will you put one in mine? Also, but Tell like me. who they're, who have they been fucking is not an indicator. In true. terms of who they will fuck. Right. That's true. But you just wanted the But you want the confirmation. You want the confirmation. It gives you context. Yeah. 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 And, but the thing is, like, well, then, you know, I, I left that city. I didn't end up seeing him again. I just still retained that crush that in my mind, you know, mm. that sustained me. But, like, I also had a boyfriend at the time. And the, enough distance and time had passed. Or he wasn't, like an active part of my imagination, but he did retain some, you know, in the inferno levels of my, uh, you know, the seven layers of hell that is my spank bank. He was in there still. Oh, wow. Love it. Uh, And then about 10 months later, I found my way back into a city again. I was doing a reading and um, in the morning, I did my reading. It was great, whatever. We didn't really get the chance to talk, but in the morning I, I spent, doing work at the coffee shop that he worked at mm. and you know Shaw Day you went there knowing he worked at that of coffee shop mm. but it was like Shaw Day was playing and I was having a great time and I was writing mm. some poems and stuff Shaw Day like, really is the way to your heart it really is mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, and, before. and as he is like getting off shift and he was like so tonight my band is playing Oh, like do you want to come see the show and I was terrified because you know that fantasy of that person dies if they have bad art Yes, one hundred percent true. So if they're like, "Ooh, I'm, read this thing that I did, listen to my music, watch, look at my art, and if it sucks, there's going to be some cognitive dissonance in there." It's so You're going to have to. It's, it be, from a pleasure, it becomes a guilty pleasure. So <laughs> you know, and yes. I was like of two minds because I was like, "Do I want to see his band?" Oh, but I was enjoying this like personal time and attention, and I was like, "Sure, whatever." I, sh- I show up to the venue later on that night and he's outside smoking and he was like, oh, did you like the Sade? I was like, what do you mean? He was like, well, I knew you liked Sade, so I put a Sade playlist on when you came into the cafe. <gasps> I know, that was so considerate. And I was like, sweet. And then like his band plays and it's shockingly not bad. Oh. All right. Is it good? I. It's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Enough that no dissonance is in my mind. Amazing. Uh, and then like everyone's going to go get drinks at this bar afterwards. And I was like, you know, we're like kind of tickling each other. And I was like, you're going to go to drinks. He's like, sure, I'll see you there later. He had to like load up his equipment or do whatever band people do. <laughs> load up his equipment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, uh, no double entendres. No entendres there. <laughs> so we're at the bar later. And a lot of the other people who are, it's like a weeknight. And a lot of the other people have day jobs and so one by one people are sort of disappearing um and so there's like a very small group of us left and i was like i am gonna make a move but in a in a long con kind of way in a in a in a circuitous kind of a way i just because i was like again i don't know what this person's sexuality is and i don't want to be like a creep and i also don't want to be rejected um So I was just like, okay, so we're both wearing black leather jackets. And I was like, I gave my phone to somebody across the table from us. And I was like, take our picture because we're like twinsies. I want to send this to my mom. But then, you know, so like we're like posing next to each other. And I'm like, put your arm around me. Like, act like you want to be taking this picture. Put your back into it. You texted this picture to us. I remember this picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then he does. Like, we're like, you know, we're having fun. And we're like taking this picture. But then I noticed that his hand had been on my thigh, stayed on my thigh. Yeah. So I was like, evidence. That's it suggests oh and so then people are like winding down and i was like do you like i was like do you have work tomorrow i was like no and i was like let's close out the bar and so you know, but this is like in a city that's not new york or los angeles so it was like one o'clock was like the was closing yes, okay, 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 okay. yeah and so then um we're the last two people at the bar and i'm just sort of noticing uh, in addition to him being really attractive he's really smart and really funny and really sensitive and and a really great conversationalist and uh, one of those people who like spends as much time talking about themselves as asking you questions about yourself love. so there was a, there was a, a a highway a freeway exchange of information mm. and i was really into it and then but i was like mm, hmm. and i was like oh i'm so drunk uh you know i'm like white girl wasted like i can't figure out my phone how do i can't figure out my google map how do i get back to my airbnb bitch i know how to make it to my airbnb ah! Oh my God. And he was he takes he takes a look at it and he was like, Oh, I know where that is. Follow me. And so then we're like drunk, we're walking back to my Airbnb and we're like knocking into each other because like we're all, I, like it's so wasted. And so we get to my Airbnb and I'm like, I have like a 
half of a fourth of a bottle of wine. Do you want to come up for uh, a nightcap as thanks for walking me home? And he was like, oh sure. My God, so we're walking is... out to everywhere in the kitchen of my Airbnb and I turn around to like grab the wine bottle. I turn back to face him. He hooks his fingers into my belt loops, lifts me onto the kitchen counter <gasps> and we make out for three hours. Oh, yes. Which is your entire yes. sexuality. Mm-hmm. Which, and and also from, from, and that started at like 1 a.m., so three hours after that, it's 4 a.m., which is 10 well, hours after my bedtime. <laughs> yep. And as, he, I was worried, as we're making out, he's saying things like, oh, my God, this is so fun. And I'm like, I know, right? And he's like, oh, kissing you is the best. And I'm like, I know, right? And he was like, you're the first guy I've done this with. And I was like, oh, God, this again. <laughs> no. So, no! Then, so then 4 a.m. rolls around. And he's like, so am I staying over? Am I walking home? I was like. Get in the fucking bedroom. And so then we're like, but then it's also late and we're both tired and both drunk. And after a few aborted attempts to, you know, get the sticks into a fire. Tommy is rubbing his hands together. (laughs) You know, just uh, we decided and said, we're just going to, you know, go to bed. So I go to the kitchen to get a couple of glasses of water and I come back and he kind of has his arm out. And he's like, so do you get in my arms or do I get in your arms? And I was like, no, I get in your arms. Yeah. <laughs> we teaching, know who like, our bench is. Yeah. Top and, secret. And so then I, I go to sleep and and I wake up and I'm just like, did that ha- that happen? Yeah. That person I had a crush on, who I thought was yeah. like so hot and unattainable, he's in bed with me right now. I had that a rush of excitement mm-hmm. and then the rush of like, uh oh, because he's. Oh. he's facing the wall now and I'm like oh shit is he embarrassed does he hate me is this wow. gonna get weird or violent like should I was like making I was like a white lady math meme I was like making calculations <laughs> yeah. in my head. I was like that what way. should I do I was like should I leave my own Airbnb <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like kind of looking through my phone for places like hotels tonight you know what I mean oh I was, my like, god am I gonna oh my and, then, god. and then he just like wakes up yawns and then turns over and puts his arm back around me he's like do you want to go get a coffee or like get some breakfast or something I'm like sure so we talk and, and the thing thing is like uh that was like the the essential sort of hookup and and we've seen each other since then and it was really a lesson to me in understanding that just because there is a genuine affection and an interest there just because there is a love and i believe it is a my one true love doesn't mean that you yeah. get to keep it because oh, we're not mm. going to ever live in the same city i'm only interested the only i'm not going to move to a city for a man does he date boys Shoot. would he would he we've never really had that conversation and it's like I've been there a couple of times he's been here a few times and sometimes we hook up with each other sometimes we don't because Mm -hmm. we're seeing somebody else and it's one of those things that's like not right now you know and and, Mm -hmm. but like probably not ever probably not probably not ever but I'm grateful Mm. that I think a lot of times, a lot of people go through their lives imagining or hoping to find a one true love and I can say that I actually did find it it just didn't mean that I kept it Mm. you know and he and, and I'm not interested. Like I said, I'm not interested in moving to a city for a man. I don't want to make a man my whole life. But then also, like, I'm only interested in living in either New York or Los Angeles. And he's never going to live in one of those cities either. So I think it's a lot of unfulfilled potential. But also, like, I'm gr- so grateful for the experience because it was a good ass time. Mm. Listen, thanks for you sharing. Better work. That. See, it wasn't Thank that impure. Mm. It was very pure. Those mm. belt loops lifting up the. Mm. That was the move. also the visible precom. Yeah. I'm sorry. That gets me ready every time. Underwear Expert is an underwear of the month club that offers the most personalized selection of underwear based on size, fit, and taste. Underwear Expert uses custom sizing technology that allows you to take a person's waist size, size them up or down according to how the brand actually fits. Imagine. Yes. With years of experience in the industry, they send the best fitting underwear, ensuring that folks everywhere will feel their best using their style and preferences to curate a box specifically for each customer. And speaking of... Joe, I have a box right here. You have a, you have a, oh my gosh, I'm so excited! Box flapping in the wind. <laughs> you guys, I'm going to look so amazing wearing nothing but this jock strap at the Eagle next Wednesday. Okay, oh come my God. see me. Debatable. I am anti. <laughs> Don't go see her. I'm, Don't. I'm, I love a jock strap. I am anti jock strap, but I support your life choices. <laughs> you will be blinded by her very white assets. Let me yes, just say. Absolutely. Oh, it's Absolutely. so expected. It's, a, it's, it's always a, a full movie. A gay and a jock it strap. Is always oh my a full God. Movie. Get an identity. <laughs> no. <laughs> a new feature of Underwear X. 
expert allows you to choose specific pairs of underwear you see on Instagram or on their website and just add it to your next box available for first or renewal boxes. Preview and refine every order or be surprised. Choose how many pairs you want and how often you want them delivered. Use the coupon code THOT for 55% off Dang. your first month. <gasps> That's THOT for 55%. You better work that, that discount. That extra 5% is the dark horse. Oh. oh my gosh. Off your first month. If you've been wanting to talk, get started today. Go to betterhelp.com slash THOT. Simply fill out the questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love and one that you can always change. That is betterhelp.com slash THOT. Promo code THOT. Myro's making deodorant better. Uh. Myro delivers obsession-worthy, naturally effective deodorant that looks as good as it smells. <laughs> they make their natural deodorant with a custom blend of essential oils that release mm. over time to keep you fresh and barley powder to keep you dry. Their formula is hardworking, long-lasting, with no toxic nothing. Sounds like me. 0% <laughs> aluminum, 0% parabens. Their ingredients are clinically tested for safety and efficacy. Doing good and feeling good should be an everyday thing. Just like deodorant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, now that the temperature's going up and oh, the pits horrible. are getting sweatier, mm-hmm. I like that barley powder to keep me dry. And it's prime deodorant mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can tell, oh, we all need it on the sub. Can we all just make a pact with one another to get some Miro deodorant on us in the subway? Mm-hmm. Can you all just For put it another. Can you just Always. put it on right now? Because the studio is getting warm. <laughs> <laughs> get 50% off your first order and get started today for just $5. Visit mymyro.com slash T-H-O-T and use promo code T H O T. That's mymyro.com slash T H O T using promo code T H O T. You know, I'm a poor. And <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> Joseph, never, you can't say that. <laughs> I never buy anything that costs more than $15. Mm. And for my whole life, I have smelled horrible because cologne is fucking expensive. Wow. No longer. <laughs> No longer, I found Scentbird. Scentbird is a subscription service where you can try just a little bit of the best stuff. This luxury fragrance subscription service lets you mix and match your own colognes or perfumes. Scentbird has over 450 designer brands for you to choose a cologne or perfume each month. Um, try the brands you want. It's the real deal, like Gucci, Tom Ford, Kenneth Cole, Burberry. Choose I'm the cologne you Gucci. Are you right now? Right now. Oh my gosh! I can smell it um, underneath your your bike sweat. That's hatred. What you're <laughs> smelling right now is hatred. Choose the cologne you want to try, and they'll send you a 30 day supply. Um, and with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 50% off your first month today. That's only $7.50 for your first fragrance. Go to scentbird.com slash T-H-O-T and use our code T-H-O-T for 50% off your first month. Again, that's scent, S-C-E-N-T, bird.com slash T-H-O-T for you to try your first cologne or perfume for just $7.50. Sign on. Smell amazing. Hello, Thotties. This is producer Alex here with head intern Kenya. Hi, head intern Kenya here. We had to step on because this podcast is also brought to you by Away, which is thoughtful luggage for modern travel. Away creates thoughtful products designed to change how you see the world. They started with the perfect suitcase crafted with features to make travel more seamless. And now they offer a range of essentials that solve real travel problems. We had to get on the mic because I am absolutely obsessed with away cases. Kenya, well, you guys know Kenya and I are together, but the joke is that... They don't know. Some Anyways. people know. If they listen to the show, they know. I mean, we're always getting shot on by the thought. Alex is always trying to leave me for the away case. When she opened the away case, she took it. She took so much care, good care of it. She took it in its own little corner and like didn't talk to me for like 48 entire it's hours. It's a prized possession. I have, there's, they, there are many different offerings, but one of them is the carry-on, which is lightweight and durable. And That's what you cheated on me with? No, it's not, actually. I have the bigger carry-on. Oh, whatever. Which you can also carry-on, and it's designed to fit in the overhead bin 
There's a special offer for Food for Thought listeners. The offer is $20 off of a suitcase. That's a huge deal. Highly recommend getting an away suitcase. You can just visit awaytravel.com slash thought, T-H-O-T. Use the promo code T-H-O-T at checkout. That's $20 off a suitcase. Visiting awaytravel.com slash T-H-O-T. Mmm. It's time for the <laughs> meat of our discussion, the thought process, spelled T-H-O-T. T-H-O-T. And this week, our main topic will be mediated by Fran. That's right. Um, we're doing something a little bit different this week. We like to switch it up. We like the content to just, you know, we're so take first. whatever form it wants <laughs> to. And we've been getting a lot of advice questions, like a lot, a lot, a lot of advice questions. Sometimes those advice questions can become entire discussions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for a very special edition of the thought process, we decided to take your questions from our email inbox and otherwise and assess them here as a part of a larger discussion. Yeah. Mostly um, this, when, we, you, when we've done this in the past, it's been for our second segment, which was like a penny for your thoughts. Mm-hmm, but, you know, yeah. we want to spend some pennies on you. A whole yeah. dollar. Yeah. A whole yeah. dollar yeah. even. Thank a you. A whole dollar. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm, We're you. so extravagant. So <laughs> let's start with this one. Hello, all. I'm curious what insight you have on queer dating across age <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I'm in my mid-twenties and just had a breakup with someone eight years older. The relationship itself felt great, and often we reaffirmed one another that being in different stages didn't impede our ability to care about each other. But I now wonder if our disparate points of view, re career, family, personal life, etc., made the partnership an uphill battle. Mm-hmm. So they're not seeking like an objective answer as to whether age difference relationships are ideal. Rather, my question... My questions are, what are your experiences dating and hooking up across age difference? And how do you tease apart the difference between wanting to be with someone versus wanting to be someone? The latter question alludes to a challenge that developed in our relationship. Me latching onto him seeming to be established and him latching onto me seeming to be full of potential. Mm. Um, and, And yeah. Well, thought that thought daddy Alexander Chi talks about your first gay relationship just being like the first other gay person you see and then your second Mm -hmm. gay relationship being the person you want to become. So I do think it's like very normal to think about like desire as 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 a a type of becoming. Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that's unhealthy. It's healthy when it's mutual, when like you both admire one another so much that there are aspects of the other person that you sort of want to live up to. Oh, there should be some kind of admiration in there. There should Mm -hmm. be some some impetus to be a better person, I think, because of your partner. But it's something actually that Angel said in the love episode Mm -hmm. where she's like, I don't want to be your spice. No. You know? I can't be your spice. I was going to bring up Alex Energy too, Joe, because he gave us that advice, you know, a few episodes back he you know coins this term called an identity crush um we're in and that is you know not necessarily always related to your first or second relationship it can be any relationship in your life but um wherein you don't necessarily want to fuck someone as much as you want to be them Mm -hmm. Um, and that is something Mm -hmm. that you know you're very prone to when this person is significantly older than you and this particular person who wrote in I don't know if that's necessarily your situation we don't have a ton of information but I would intuit that if that was a point of tension at the end of your relationship which it seems like it was then that you may have been suffering from yeah. that I I have a lot of experience with this because I frequently date men who are significantly older than me um, and I also come from a relationship where like my parents were nine and a half years apart which isn't like 20 or 30 years, which I have done, but it, it oh, is significant. God. So I've, I feel like I've been around it and seen a lot of it. And I think that's um, that what you're talking about here is a really interesting and very common phenomenon. And I first want to sort of um, just take some of the stigma away from the fact that it ended in breakup, because just because it did end up right. end most in breakup, do. most yeah. things do for one reason or and, another. And just because it became something that was no longer untenable doesn't mean that it was an unhealthy right. situation mm-hmm. or situation that was totally bad for either of you and so I think that's okay like it's okay to pay tribute to those people who are in our lives where sometimes especially when we're figuring out um, 
our relationships and romantic situations and we're figuring out what we want and who we are that we're in situations that can be confusing. And I also think that when we're queer because we get less time to sort of imagine ourselves often because we don't always know that we're queer early on or we are Mm. often earlier on not willing to imagine ourselves in those situations because we don't want to be in them because we're told that we need to be straight, that um, a lot of that experimentation um, that might happen in our brains actually happens in person. So like, I just want to take some of that stigma away from it. But I would just say that I definitely think at the end of the day, it's really important to strive towards a certain sense of equity. If we're talking about dating across age, I mean, I've had the unfortunate experience of, well, when I was younger, I dated exclusively older, much older people than me. And now that I'm... in my mid thirties, a lot of the people who you know come come barking up this tree end up being younger, younger and, yeah. and and I don't want to I don't want to tell myself like definitely don't date younger, but I'm telling myself definitely don't date younger because wow. it's just a, a level of responsibility for mm-hmm. a relationship that I don't feel like a, in my experience a lot of younger people have had, and also yeah. there's this um, vicarious like what's like we're talking about living through somebody, and mm. it's like I'm marginally successful and I'm only going to get more successful and if that tends to threaten other people mm. I have I have like so many thoughts on this I think what you were saying Dennis about power is so 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 important that one has to like be critical of how power operates through mm-hmm. all sorts of um, vectors in our relationships and so older people tend to have more money older p- people tend mm-hmm. to be more secure in their relationships I've also same as you Teeps had this weird experience of like no one wanted to fuck me when I was no 20 year old wanted to fuck me when I was 20 and now that I'm 36, mm-hmm. 20 year olds want to fuck me. And it's just like a very bizarre experience and not one that I particularly like enjoy de facto. Um, I, I do at the same time, I, I have found that like sometimes dating people my own age and in, in the, in our mid thirties, we all like, we come to a relationship with a lot of trauma and a lot, mm-hmm. like if we're, you know, 30 something and single, there's like, <clears throat> there's so many stories there. And I found with like 20 somethings, like 26 to 30, I might be their first significant person. Mm. And like, they might not have had a huge loss before. And I feel like there's a certain, um, perspective that comes with that, that I find like refreshing. I do think, you know, this person's talking about this relationship was an uphill battle because of age. All relationships are an uphill battle because that's some, yeah, because yeah, of something. something. Yeah. But one has to be very careful and critical of the way power operates through the relationship. So there yeah. are absolutely relationships that are unhealthy because of age. And I think too, people our age come to relationship. Joe and I's age come to relationships <laughs> with with sure trauma, but but also expectation and yeah. and. There's that sense of like, I've tried this thing and it doesn't work. Correct. You know, so I think there's a lot less of like, come what, like the, 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 when I was in my early twenties, I thought I could make a relationship out of anybody. That's right. That is so true. And so that that, that possibility for a relationship doesn't exist in the same way. On someone on the opposite end of the spectrum as Dennis, I exclusively date younger men. I was born a cougar. I feel like (laughs) like this is You are 22, (laughs) Fran. What are you dating? A fetus? Question is a personal attack against me. Joe Ghost wrote this question to get me to talk about the fact that I exclusively date younger men because you like having power. Um, You do. You like being the authoritative. That actually has nothing to do with it. But (laughs) I I will say that the one thing that will not help you um, in a relationship that has age difference is not acknowledging your age difference. So at the beginning of this letter, the person said we were constantly affirming each other, talking about how it was great that we were in different stages. It's like. That's cool to say positive things, but also like you were obviously ignoring the truth if you're right. It yeah. ultimately boiled down to that. So yeah. talk things through. Yeah. And talk about the hard things, yeah. especially. And if you're older, I mean, you know, sorry to look, you know, contrast something you were saying, Joe, a little bit, but like just because you're older doesn't mean you're ob- obligated to take care of them or no, that, or is so that true. you all of a sudden have to be something that's very very special because it might be their first as so long as you're cognizant of like you know yeah, where was, they're at i didn't mean that i was more mean. talking about like you know paint <laughs> yeah yeah mm, i've yeah. never heard of it but i respect <laughs> it i like the concept i don't acknowledge it let's go to the next one shall we yes yeah. yes dear thoughts i'm wondering if y'all have advice for ways i can separate grinder from affecting my sense of self-worth oh self-worth i'm always caught up in feeling down that i haven't had a hookup even though i generally don't want hookups i'm a walking paradox i mean (laughs) welcome to being gay yeah i feel like the easy answer is 
Dewey Grinder. Yeah. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, but it is. I don't know. No. On I, that answer does come with a lot of privilege. I live in a city where I have access to queer spaces and places that I can actually meet people. Or I also use Instagram a lot to meet men. Um, I personally do not have Grinder, um, so it is a privilege to be able to say that. But um, it it is an option for you. I also think yeah. that the idea of like being on Grinder but not wanting to hook up as paradoxical is mm. not necessarily no. true. You can meet Agreed. friends there. Yeah. I know people who've got. I know a few people who've gotten married who met on Grinder. Mm. Like it's, sure, it's yeah. Right. I but I don't know like how how to extricate someone's self worth from an application. I think being like honestly probably taking more chances IRL. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, because I think Grinder exists in a space of possibility, but not necessarily um, of, actualization. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah, I think for me, uh, you know, uh, this is Joe. I use Grinder extensively. I've met fuck buddies. I've met boyfriends. I've met friends in that space. Some of y'all has said hi to me on Grinder. Hi, everybody. Yeah, hi, everyone who's Same. like, I love your podcast. No, we love that. All of you just um, slip into my DMs, but I appreciate that as well. <laughs> the, the thing that's made Grinder feel like a healthy space for me is to not depend on it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. To have it, it's like a possibility. It's an option. Like, oh, but like to be in that space of like, oh, I really want to hook up and I'm going to find it on Grinder. Like you can turn that into a fun sex game with yourself like i will play with my dildos and be on grinder and like i think actually having a self sex practice mm-hmm. makes grinder really really healthy mm-hmm. because like i can enjoy it and think <clears throat> about the possibilities of grinder while getting myself off or know that like using my dildos and getting myself off is also a fucking awesome mm-hmm. option uh and it, it it just becomes a space of it, you know I think anytime, yeah, anytime it's like that, whether the sex is good or whether you have it, it, when that is feeding to your self-worth, that is, it's the latter part of that, that, that's the problem. It's like, why does that make you feel better or worse about yourself? It might make you feel like, oh, I had great sex, so I feel good right now. Mm -hmm. But why is it like, I feel good about myself? Yeah. Yes. I think sometimes the times that I have felt more beholden to an app for my self-worth were times where I didn't feel I was doing as much in my personal life. Exactly. So that, that it wasn't mm-hmm. just regarding sex, but like exactly. lots of other things. Like I wasn't writing as much. I wasn't publishing. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have, a, mm-hmm. it was like finding more avenues to, for, for self-empowerment in general. That's right. Made yeah. an individual's um, opinion about we matter so much less. And it's like, it's like the app becomes a mirror to what you don't like about yourself mm-hmm. and what you don't like about your life. And that is actually an opportunity to to grow those things. Yeah. But I think if you're if you're deep in that, then it's like then you have to figure out how to get yourself out of that headspace. And I think again, we said it at the beginning of this question, but I think deleting grinder is a huge help to do that. Like a, a a year ago, about a year ago, I went through a really difficult breakup and I was I downloaded extra apps. So I had like literally five or six different apps and I was just swiping constantly because I was trying to I was chasing what I felt like I had had and, and then didn't have with that person. That point. And it becomes compulsive. And this is the third time in my adult life in my New York City life when I looked at myself and I looked at my practice of how I was engaging with apps and I said this is unhealthy and I deleted it and I deleted all of the apps for six months and um, it hasn't always been this way but this time it was this way in that I started meeting people in person because my head was not in a phone. Like I would go to bars and meet people. I would go to events and meet people and there was no difference in like the frequency of my sex life and so I began to realize that I was desirable outside of my thumbnail image. And I think mm. the challenge with Grindr and all of these different apps is that it, we almost feel as though we're getting data. It's all, We almost feel as though we're getting metrics as to how desirable we are. I remember, mm. I know what the average is in terms of like about how many messages I get in any given amount of time. And I know how that compares with, with that of my friends. And I remember once, many years ago at this point, I, I changed the picture and I came home off the subway from work. I had changed the picture right before I left work and I had like five or six or seven messages in that like 45 minute train ride, which is not the frequency with which I am messaged. And I never message people first on the apps because I am like terrified too. Um, and I remember like sort of being able to take that experience and say, oh, this is almost like data to me. That picture, because I looked a certain way in that picture, mm-hmm. that picture attracted guys that I've always wanted to message me who never messaged me and messaged me that night. And nothing came of any of it. But I felt like, okay, if I can look at this in a sort of analytical way, as an analytic, then I can sort of think about how to move on from it in an analytical way. And I found that when I just scrub my life of all of it for six months and I do place 
um, value and emphasis and interest in other areas, I can step away from depending, feeling like I'm dependent on the app. Because I remember the first time that I deleted it and I thought, I'm not going to have any sex for six months mm-hmm. because this is how I meet people. This is how I have sex. And it it just doesn't have to be that way. Um, it does depend on where you live. Again, I was living in New York City. But it's just to say that like, you can step away from it even for a certain amount of time and kind of recalibrate and then come back to it. And you can always step away from it again if you need to. Yeah, it's like how well do those stats do is not necessarily indicative of how attractive you are. I mean, like, yes. there are so many people who would pass me up on an app. But guess what? In real life, I'm a yes. charming motherfucker. Yeah, But I think so. the question that has fully happened. And to your point, honestly, Tommy, earlier, and I do think that it's, it's kind of on your point too, Dennis, is that um, it's okay to seek to find self-worth in your grinder hookups so mm-hmm. long as you find self-worth in other places. And yeah. ironically, it is some, in a lot of people's lives the only thing you do find self-worth in. Yeah. I think it's like a great time if you are listening to this question and you relate to it, it's a great time to check in with yourself and to say, is grinder the only thing I'm good at? Yes. Right. Separating it, your sexual desirability like from your, your self-worth. self-worth. It's okay if you're good at grinder. That's that's great. Yeah. Like I'm kind of jealous of you. But examine other areas in your life where you can have autonomy and have agency and have reasons to believe that you are the shit. It's a, it's a mm-hmm. con- consistent practice of telling yourself that you're the shit and it's, over and over again. And it's not just grinder steps out to like sex in general. Yes. If the type of sex you have is the thing that's in your life, that is the thing that's giving you self-worth, that's an opportunity. And that can be fine, I think too, but yeah. that can be an opportunity if you're unhappy mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's the situation. So mm-hmm. it's beyond grinder. It's like, you know, there's a long history way before grinder of like queers filling intimacy voids with sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that can be an opportunity to be like, hey, you know, sex can be a great place where i find intimacy and self-worth and maybe i need to foster other places too right because we're not trying to like um uh like you're not trying to like like fix your life quote unquote right just trying to alleviate your suffering yes yeah exactly Exactly. and isn't that what we're all trying to do (laughs) most of the time this next question Hi, thoughts. So here's the tea. I met this boy a while ago and we really hit it off. And since then, we've been seeing each other nearly every day. Ew. Oh, no. (laughs) Joe, don't lie. You're right. That's all I want. (laughs) We've been learning more and more about not just each other, but also there's been uh, he's been teaching me a lot about myself, like how a man is supposed to treat me and not settle for anything Mm -hmm. less, etc. So like confidence lessons. It's been around two months and I've opened up and allowed myself to be vulnerable around him. This is a big fucking deal to me because my last relationship was extremely abusive and left me well fucked Mm. i've been trapped in my head for years about who i can really trust who's going to double cross me or who is genuinely interested in getting to know me and honestly it's fucking tiring Mm -hmm. he's moving away to a different city within a month we had a whole no that's really sad we had a whole what are we conversation when we went to chicago together and it left me in all sorts of shook he decided to slowly spend less and less we sorry we decided to spend less and less time with each other and work towards friendship but seeing as how that was only two weeks ago we fucked a couple of times i don't know if that's going to work a part of me wants to protect myself and cut him off completely, but he's honestly one of the greatest people I've ever met, and he's done absolutely nothing wrong. The other part of me wants to fight for him, but it's this odd middle ground where I know there's an expiration date, and I know I'll get hurt. It's just a matter of how I can keep him in my life still, friend or not, as least messy as possible. Yothadi has not been in a situation like this before. Please help a bitch out. This is really funny because I feel mm. like this letter was ghost written by all four of us in different moments. Like, I feel like I see a little bit of each of us in like this letter. And for me personally, like I'm someone and I, this might be a little bit of Tommy too, that like I have a relationship that really fucked me up and has like bifurcated my personality and affected the way I treat future relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, That the ghost of that relationship can really mess with how you treat intimacy and who you're willing to trust. Um, I think that you should, you know, have yourself guarded uh, in in some extent. And it seems just by the way you've written this letter that you're already very aware of ways you can mm. be taken advantage of. Um, but, you know, don't let that distance you from potential love, potential companionship. And 
I sort of feel like there's there are two questions happening here. There mm-hmm. are, you know, yeah. or multiple. And the one about the moving away and the do how do you protect yourself? It's like you're never going to be able to protect yourself. No, yeah. you really aren't. No. Like the second you fell in love. To, yeah, trying to like oh I'm like the the human interventions that you are making on your desire are just not working. You've 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 acknowledged that that you you decided intellectually that you're going to spend less time together and try to be friends. And it's like once you have a gravity with somebody it's hard i mean i think it's impossible mm-hmm. if in continuing to see them uh uh in, in that time frame to actually change the dynamic if both of you yeah, are you feeling won't. susceptible yeah, yeah, yeah. to that gravity yeah. right and unfortunately this is what happens yeah. you meet people and you and it's like the very at the very best you get to have experiences like this you know where you fall for somebody and you enjoy their company and they bring something out in you and you appreciate the relationship for what it is but people move away mm. and people change mm-hmm. and people mm. die and mm-hmm. you know but also you get older and you meet other people and mm-hmm. who knows like it, there are some people who at 23, I didn't know I would know at 33 or 35, yeah, but you, you do. know, mm-hmm. and you do. And like time is a motherfucker, mm-hmm. but it continues. And that's the only constant. <laughs> that's Tommy. That is like so critical. When I look through, I've had so many relationships that started in places similar to this. Ones that have gone completely horribly and with people who I hold a lot of resentment against now. And ones that like, literally y'all my my best friend Mm -hmm. now started she and i were were partners uh and and we were young and it hit this exact place and what we decided to do was to absolutely fuck up until the expiration date Mm -hmm. i do think it's good to take advantage of the time you have if you love someone Mm -hmm. and you love being physical with them and sharing that intimacy it's not gonna hurt worse Mm-hmm. Because Especially if you I have agree. like like your final day like blowout sex. Yeah, it's great. Like, mm-hmm. oh, so good. It's great, and yes. it, like in my experience, it actually depends on the two of you. That's all it depends on. And so you know, if you two are committed to one another and committed to communicating, that's going to continue. Mm-hmm. And it might hurt, and it might go through different iterations, but y'all will be fine. And if the if you and or the other person are not committed to one another and committed to communication, then it's not going to go good. And Mm -hmm. so it really actually, you have way more agency than when you think. And what I wrote in my notes that I want to say is that life is long and so is love. And you actually don't know if the city thing is going to go away. Like 10 years down the line, you might be living in the same city again. Mm -hmm. And so it's worthwhile treating this relationship as, as a little baby plant that needs love and, you know, both taking care of yourself in the now and taking care of the fact that this person could be an incredible person for you for the rest of your life. Or as North America continues to sink into the ocean, <laughs> coasts will overtake And we'll this all country. be in the same city. We'll all be in the same city. <laughs> in the of North America. Oh, God. All of, my exes, all, of all, all of my exes in one city? Oh, no. Oh, my God. Not just no. all of my exes. Like all of my implode. All of my dick Oh, no, friend. This is your nightmare. All of my hoes. And you couldn't have goes. long-distance relationships anymore. I have a hole in every port. Let me tell you. Wow. I am the hole in every port. I'm like a true top. <laughs> if all of those holes are in the same port. Oh my God. You're just. just this you're done. This this. You're disgusting. You're done. <laughs> I can't. The final point I want to make on this for me is that, again, this is Tommy Teebs. You can't protect yourself from pain, but yeah. I do think there are things you can do so that you don't um, compound that pain. Mm, and I think one of the true. only things I think for me anyway that has compounded that pain is regret mm. yeah so the regret yes. of not spending that time with that person mm-hmm. I think that, is the thing that could compound you're right pain. The, this person is like i'm i'm you know not having sex with them anymore because of the expiration date and it's actually it's going to be the opposite you're going to regret not having that intimacy yeah. when it was allowed and it, and the thing about that is that when they're when you don't have to regret it when like you guys you get to make educated decisions in this situation because it sounds like you are communicating communicating in a really healthy way so when you can make a, a decision that might help you have less regret that's what opens the door to the possibility of gratitude which i think is it sounds like you want to be in a place of gratitude when it comes to this relationship when it reaches its expiration date and like i'm a big believer in sort of like leaning in to the part that you know is going to happen like we only get one life life even a very long life is really in the grand scheme of things very short like i would be fucking my brains out 
no full knowing that I'd be in a lot of pain when it ended. But I tend to also feel gratitude for really intense moments of pain because <laughs> I feel because you're a bottom (laughs) well probably yes but it makes me feel incredibly human like there's the whole gamut of emotions I have extreme joy and and extreme pleasure in certain moments and I have extreme pain in others and that is part of what makes me a whole human being and I Mm. can draw from all of it and yes like being in pain especially emotional pain like sucks but I get as much out of that as I do out of joy and out of love so I'm like not necessarily always the one who would say like make this decision that's going to make you have a lesser experience in order to protect yourself from pain pain is a part of life and I would imagine that you have the wherewithal to get through it Mm -hmm. and sometimes what you get to experience before that pain is worth it and if you Mm -hmm. can make an educated decision and feel gratitude sometimes that that gratitude is what you'll draw on for the longest and then you can turn it into writing material yes (laughs) yes yes all right let's do another one my question has less to do with love and relationships but rather lack thereof oh no i grew up mormon went to byu which if you don't know uh byu is consistently one of the most homophobic colleges in the nation um and they say, I didn't come out, uh, I didn't fully come out and start dating until I was 26. Even then, my dating life was sporadic at best due to a complicated, due, due to a complicated series of events. I now find myself living in a gorgeous but isolated locale with virtually zero dating or even hookup opportunities. Let's just say that usually the third or fourth person on my grinder grid is at least 100 miles away. Mm. I can't help but feel frustrated that I've been in situations for most of my life where love and relationships have been so hard to come by, especially now that I'm in my early 30s. I also feel intimidated that I would have little experience to draw upon whenever I might finally find something. I'm actively working on getting back to civilization as soon as possible, but what should I do in the meantime to keep myself sane and ensure that I'm not a total noob when I make my triumphant return to the dating scene? Mm. We get questions like this a lot about like I'm in the middle of nowhere where do I find my people or my hookups or my dick (laughs) you buy one and it gets shipped to you on Amazon (laughs) (laughs) well that is actually a solution I mean you should you should invest in a really nice toy but also I mean I've said this before on the podcast and everyone's like Fern you can't say that but like I like think about the way you would treat your dating life or your social life like if you were paid an hourly rate to do so listen to me no I support this no I'm not saying all I'm saying is think about what how your brain would switch to thinking about that dating life Mm -hmm. how you would then start to prioritize it how it would it, it would and should take the exact same amount of precedent as your actual job you're building relationships with friends with people with dick is something that makes you a better person it is something that is vital to your well-being it is a skill set that will support you for the rest of your life you should be treating it as such um that is kind of like what i'm trying to get at with that mentality Mm -hmm. but also in addition to that like it's important that you you stop feeling embarrassed about what happens yeah. when you re-enter the dating world because there's no such thing as late bloomers. There's no such yeah, thing as yeah. too late. There's no such thing as like, you know, we put a lot of cultural weight on the idea of coming out, but the, um, the, it's just a very small event in your life. You have been you always. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have been experiencing things your entire life. There's no reason why coming out and what happens thereafter is any different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I just, I mean, you know, we aren't the place we live in only. Mm-hmm. We travel. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we move around the world. And, like, I typically don't love, like, traveling for sex. But if you're in a place that is so isolated, I also think it's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine to meet people online and to travel to visit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think it can be very scary because you feel, like, all this pressure. But maybe get an Airbnb, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then go visit someone and have sex be a possibility but not ne- a necessity. Mm-hmm. And maybe have sex with that one person that you've traveled to visit be one of many possibilities mm-hmm. in that city that you're visiting. Drive. Yeah. Drive. Yeah. Long distance. I yeah. mean, like, if you live in New York, you're in a long distance relationship with somebody. Like, yeah. the three yeah, people so that I'm having sex with right now live in Staten Island, Harlem, and Long Island City. Wow. Those are all <laughs> an hour away from me. So, like, you know, yeah. you have you have <laughs> yeah. options. Yeah. It I does, have Staten Island. I know. <laughs> I have. I have nothing. Truly never, is he, is he so, an Italian? I have no. truly never. Is it a pepperoni? For dick, but I would. I would. Oh, I would. 
absolutely enjoy some Staten Island dick, I'm sure. Mm. Staten Island thoughts slide into the DMs. And we're not gonna um, like we're not going to remedy rural queerness. You know what I mean? Like right. there's no, no way no. that there's no prescription for like what to do when you're an isolated queer. Mm. Yeah. You know, like there I, I, I wouldn't know what to say because I mean, you know, it's like I have a lot of privilege because I moved I left. You know, yeah, and same. But I, I left because I knew that I wanted to get it in regularly. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so real. But I would just, I have a friend, I do have one friend, a, a close friend of mine who's in a similar situation who lives in rural Virginia. And I would just say, like, sometimes it is getting in your car and making, like, making it enough of a, like, intentionally making it enough of a priority in your life that you're like, yeah, this person lives two hours away and we're gonna, and I'm gonna drive there and meet it, like, have a first date and, like, have an experience. But, um, like, there are intentional things that you can do to try and ameliorate this in the meantime because you're not gonna be moving immediately. And I think the internet is a big part of it. Like, like the, the apps are a part of it. Um, different like queer websites are a part of it. Like like trying to find digital community that might be near you is a great way to then try and um, create some community that 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 is physical, that's like real. And if you don't drive, get on the bus. I don't know. Get on. <laughs> or, um, I've got that feeling like I'm full, but I could fit one more thing inside of me. Dennis knows how I feel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Time we it. moved on to the dessert portion of our conversation. And to put some sugar in our bowl, we've got Fran. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So today's PSA is for a beautiful Netflix original show called Tuca and Birdie. <sighs> if you have not watched or scrolled through Tuca and Birdie on your Netflix roll, it's this kind of adult cartoon show about two birds that I think they're in their late 20s or early 30s. Yeah. And they um, are were roommates. And at the very first episode, one of them is moving out. And they are kind of reconciling how to stay friends, even though they no longer live in the same apartment. And this show exceeded my consistently impossible expectations <laughs> of cultural objects in its laugh out loudness, in its innovation, in its examination of friendships, of sex, of love, intimacy, anxiety, mm-hmm. um, adulthood, sobriety. One of the characters mm-hmm. is recently sober, um, sexual trauma, misogyny. The, and it does all of this with a very gorgeous animated style. Um, I just love this show. I cannot recommend it enough to anybody yeah. who is looking for something new mm-hmm. to add to their watch. Um, and another really fun thing that I thought was beautiful about the show is that there's kind of a queer incidentalism in it. Tuca is has like slept with other girl birds, but it's never really acknowledged. It's like in passing, like yep. we see that. And they're like queer couples in the background of some of this show. It's like really refreshing to have queerness just be in the show without it being an immediate plot point. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I did a, a dessert, I think in season two about BoJack Horseman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and BoJack Horseman for me is totally a problematic fave. It mm. is like a show that I think is so smart, so good at world building, but like it is characters of color voiced by white people and it has sort of had to reckon with a lot of its shitty politics frankly mm-hmm. and i feel like Tuca and birdie is uh you know this show that is by the same illustrator lisa hannawell friends with tommy uh you know so the the world seems very similar it's again this anthropomorphized animals but like here we have two leads who are women of color who are incredible voice actresses they are Ali I Wong love. and Tiffany Haddish. Mm-hmm. And they're, mm-hmm. they're so, so good. funny. Oh they're my so God. Good. You know, and it just, it, it, it's doing the same thing that Bojack does. That's great that it creates its own. It's so weird. It's mm. so weird. I literally don't know how some of this shit gets through. It's just mm. like, it is, it create. you know, it gets into a video game sometimes. And mm. then it's like, it has all of these different visual languages mm. that just pop. It is like literally like being on drugs, but mm. in the best way. But yet the narrative feels like it's just, it's just telling a story. Hmm. And on top of this exquisite cast of Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish, who are the key characters, I'm going to sell it to Tommy and Dennis, who have not watched it yet. But in addition to them, there's also Cola Scola, yeah. John Ooh. Early, and Nicole Byer, who just play random characters and cameos throughout the entire show. In addition to Tignataro, Kate Berlant, Aquafina, Aquafina Tessa yeah. 
Thompson, Jennifer Lewis, yeah. Laverne what? Cox is randomly in it, Shamir Bailey, and then Isabella Rossellini. Like it's Isabella Rossellini, it's a crazy cast, yeah. and like yeah. it's the the, wow. the the talent is stacked, and I think that you know. In, in addition to all that, it's so secondary to how strong the story and narrative are. So and, good. And the visuals are just, you know, it just, it does so many interesting things. And this visuals. is not sponsored. We it's just not. believe in good we art. We just like yeah. it. Yeah, 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 and also yeah. just like a, as, a, as a general trope that I'm sort of loving uh, uh, the contemporary urban female friendships. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like whether it's like insecure or a broad city, like mm-hmm. that, that, um, that where the the character of the city is also um, like a part of the friendship totally. yeah and it's like it's almost like i mean the show was not made for this but it's like the beckdale test is like above I mean, the, the the whole show mm-hmm. is like female characters talking to each other about death and root you know yes relationships but above and beyond that family and food and like their connections with one another it's incredible i hope it continues too because it really is filling the void that was left by broad city yeah. mm-hmm. like it, it is mm-hmm. it is that it's very very true it's I very think about beautiful that. yeah well you convinced me yeah <laughs> I, four I more for this show. I'm convinced. Dennis will watch it in four years' time. I was time. just going to say, I'll watch it in four years' time. <laughs> it is on the list. This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at Forever Dog. Woof, woof. Our producer is the supreme of our hookup-loving queer coven, Alexandra <laughs> De Palma. Oh, my God. And our social media manager is bottom but make it fashion, Christina Tucker. <laughs> Dennis wishes they were Christina Tucker. <laughs> subscribe, rate, her. subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or you'll have seven years of bad nudes. Oh my god, mm-hmm. that is bad. <laughs> Mostly from Joe. But I yeah. am Tommy Teebs Pico. You can find me at Hey Teebs, H-E-Y-T-E-E-B-S on all irrelevant social media. And I am Fran. You can find me at Fran Squish Co. on all social media, Venmo and CoStar. I am Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com and I am Dennis Norris II. You can find me on Twitter at Theral Denden, T-H-E-E-A-R-L-D-E-N-D-E-N. Find us on Instagram as Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod, where each week we pin some questions at the top of our page to continue the discussion mm. of this week's main topic. Mm. Sign up for our newsletter to see a list of everything we're reading and some extra delight content at foodforthoughtpodcast.com and finally send us your questions thoughts concerns and dick pics pics. to thoughts at foodforthoughtpodcast.com as always that's food the number four and thoughts spelled her t-h-o-t thanks for listening bye Bye, y'all see you next week